When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. Kay Murray and Craig Burley here in the studio. And in just a moment, we will be joined by Pablo Zabaleta. But we will be starting with the man of the moment, Lionel Messi. And with all these accomplishments, I mean, look at the list. You'd forgive him if he said, you know what, I'm going to call it a day. Yep. I'm going to hang up my boots. But there are reports that he has verbally already agreed to an extension with PSG. And this is even though there are reports that there's interest elsewhere, including a return to Barcelona. And Major League Soccer. And Major League Soccer, of course. Oh, they'll be gutted over here. They'll be absolutely devastated. They're not going to get him until he's old and fat. <laughs> Pablo Sabaleta, let's there welcome you in. There he is. Were you surprised by this news? Obviously, it's just reports we're hearing, but an extension to stay at PSG. Well, if, uh, if that is true, I mean, uh, this is a heartbreaking news for Barcelona Inter the, of uh, Miami. Um, I don't know. Uh, it looks like uh, Messi, he, he actually said he will make a decision after the World Cup. And, um, and we'll see. I mean, uh, it, it would depend... Uh, on his ambitions, uh, I mean, he's, uh, he's playing for a great club, PSG. They have the ambition to continue to fight for the Champions League and, uh, and to continue winning trophy. They will make all the investments to bring top players and to build a stronger squad around him, Mbappé, I don't know. We'll see, but uh, it looks like, uh, yeah, Messi could stay at PSG, we'll see. This is really disappointing. If we really wanted to know the answer, Pablo, we should have got Sergio Aguero on. Shouldn't we? <laughs> well, I know, he, he, the, the best friends. I know, I know. I, I, I don't know. I didn't speak to Messi. I don't know. I know. I wish I was his agent in, in that moment just to negotiate a new deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. We, 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 don't, we don't know. It seems to be heading that way. In fact, Jules had mentioned it. Uh, Julian had mentioned it a couple of months before the World Cup that PSG were obviously keen, particularly after a difficult first year, at the new club, albeit if you believe Julian, he was struggling because his dog wasn't settled and all that, all the sort of stories that go around. But, but this year, prior to this great Argentinian story, he'd looked like not quite the old self, but getting close to it, you know, dominating games again, playing well, scoring goals, looking like he was enjoying his football. And now, off the back of the World Cup, you know, he's going to be in cloud nine. So I kind of think all. All things are pointing that way at the moment, but no, it, it, it could change in a heartbeat, couldn't it? It could change in a heartbeat, but at 35 years old, Pablo, do you see him ending his career in Paris then? Uh, well, uh, maybe. He, he's still really good. I mean, he's 35, but uh, what we saw in the World Cup, he's still uh, in a good uh, uh, physically in a good condition, he's still sharp, really good on the ball. I mean, he's been one of the best players in the World Cup and he surely will continue doing it in uh, PSG now. He's been a great form for, for them uh, before the World Cup and I don't know, uh, maybe I would like to see uh, going back to Argentina and playing for New Soul Boys, which is the club that uh, he's been playing when he was... Uh, uh, um, as a kid and, and, and he's the, the club he support I don't know it would be brilliant to see Messi playing for uh, an Argentinian club but uh, I don't know I don't know Do you think it'll have any impact on Mbappe Messi staying around now as this World Cup winner? Don't think so unless he, come, unless he walks in every day laughing and taking the Mickey as we call it out of him I, I, I don't know look they're I don't think so. They're professional. We all walk back into dressing rooms with international players that we've played against, albeit most of the time it's not a World Cup final, but it you know, could be a qualification or whatever it is, big games. And it's just, it's just part and parcel of, of what you do. Uh, as long as you have a healthy relationship, uh, and as far as I'm aware, they do, uh, 
I think the relationship with Neymar was, to my knowledge, and Mbappe slightly different. But it's, I think it would be hard not to, to sort of look at Messi, get on with him, respect him, and, and understand what he's achieved and, and, and what he achieved at the World Cup. So I, I really don't think uh, this is going to be an issue uh, going forward. Mind you, in saying that, we have been surprised before with Kylian Mbappe, uh, but I get the feeling this is a little bit different. Definitely. When it does come to Lionel Messi, Pablo, you did mention potentially playing in Argentina again. He would get absolutely mobbed by the looks of things. Some of the images that we've been seeing of him returning to Argentina. I mean, this is a video of fans surrounding his car as he's going home. Now, obviously, he's a huge star worldwide, but none more so than in Argentina. What's the rest of his life going to look like in Argentina? Well... Okay, let me, let me tell you, if he goes back to Argentina to play there, he, he would have that every day <laughs> on the way back to his home after training. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, crazy scenes uh, we, we have seen in Argentina in the last couple of days. Uh, this is what uh, it means for the Argentinian people these days. Uh, they... Uh, you know, we are mad about football, uh, and, and of course, uh, Messi is uh, he's a genius. He's a, he's a hero for everybody now, and um, and that's why everyone is really excited. And and, and 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 I know it would be so hard for Messi to go back and play for for New Soul Boys in, in in Argentina because he will have this every day, and and it's impossible. You know, it's, it would be so so hard. But I mean. Uh, what an end, you know, for his career playing uh, for the club he loves, for the club he support, and, and and Argentinian people will have the chance to see Messi playing in the Argentina league, something that they, they, we haven't seen it before. Pablo, you're the only Argentinian that's not actually in Argentina at the moment. What the hell is going on? Everybody's in Buenos Aires. I know, I know, but uh, after four weeks, I needed to, to to make a stop in Barcelona to see the family, <laughs> and, and, and maybe tomorrow in two days I can get a flight to Argentina. But uh, believe me, I, I wouldn't be in the middle of everyone uh, celebrating like that. That was a chaos, unbelievable. Four to five million people in the street. I mean, some of the fans they were uh, they show some extra love. Uh, by risking life, because uh, we, we, we have seen uh, people just falling from, uh, from the bridge and jumping into the uh, bus and, and, and doing some crazy thing that uh, is crazy, absolutely crazy. But I, I love it. I, I know people, it's impossible to control all of them because uh, we've just been waiting 36 years to win the World Cup and, and, and we know how uh, we love football, the passion from the fans is something that it, it would happen. Everyone knew that it would happen, absolutely. And the other thing that you were telling us before we came on air was that obviously you were at the final, uh, but you chose not to go on the field after the game. You went back to the hotel. Every, I mean, it just seemed like everybody was on the field. Sergio Aguero. So, I mean, everybody's Salt Bay. Did, did, salt Bay, he's annoyed me, that guy. But did you just feel like you didn't... I mean, did, in some sense, did you feel like you wanted to, to just let the players enjoy the celebrations? You didn't want to get too involved in it? Yeah, absolutely. Even if I uh, know some of the players... I mean, uh, they want it. Um, yeah. they, 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 they have to celebrate. I mean, for me, just being at the stadium, have the chance to watch the game live, something that I will never forget in my life, uh, that, that was enough. Uh, obviously, uh, it would have been so good probably to go to the hotel after the game and see everyone's there and have a couple of beers. Uh, and saying well done to everybody that would have been different but obviously I don't know going into the field and, and, and celebrate like, like that it, put, it wouldn't be uh, uh, nice I wouldn't done it for sure but um, I could see that maybe for say Joero or some of the players that they've been three four days at the Argentinian camp with the players even I think uh, Aguero just uh, spent a nine with Messi before the final in the same room. So uh, they very close uh, for what happened with Sergio that probably was a bit special to bring him into the field and make him feel like 
part of uh, the team. I know that probably I can understand a little bit like that. But obviously, uh, for me, uh, watching from the stand and being at the stadium, that for me was, was enough and it's been brilliant. Did you not get invited to the sleepover, Pablo? <laughs> Uh, no, 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 no. I just, uh, I only been once and, and, and I see a few of the lads and that was it. But no, no, I, I mean, I, as a football player, I mean, uh, uh, when I was at the hotel and all that, I, I, I like to respect their time. You know, they like to be uh, in the room and just playing uh, some cards and all that. I don't want to go with them, bother all of them. So uh, I, I respect it. I respect. All right. Pablo, on the BBC's coverage, you got very emotional, understandably so, but were you surprised at how emotional you got? No, yeah, I, I broke in tears when I was just looking at the, at the image from, uh, uh, from the celebration because, uh, I, I, first of all, because I, I, we've been very close in 2014. I, I, was, uh, I lost that final and I knew, um, you know, what, the, the feeling from the lads that it's been, you know, something incredible, amazing. Uh, and, 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 you know, as a football player, that's something that you cannot describe with words. It just was so emotional yeah, to, to watch the players celebrating. Messi, for, all, for what happened with Messi a few years ago, that he took a break from the national team, came back, uh, and the pressure of, of him winning something uh, with the national team, the World Cup, you know, so many things that just came to my uh, mind and, and it was uh, a special moment. It was, uh, I was in tears a little bit. He's working for the BBC as well. Oh, he's working for everyone at the moment, hey, this man. Pablo, get the money. That's what I'm saying. You can imagine for the players though. Imagine for the, the emotion for the players as well. You think, think about it, how difficult it is to win this damn thing with all the great countries around and then you think about the weight of the whole Maradona story and what that, what he meant to, to the country and what he did on the field and then you think about those eras Maradona's no longer with us Lionel Messi is probably his last World Cup what's the chances of winning another one unless you bring another one of these great players through so not only was it probably Lionel Messi's last bash at it, but in Leicester, they're all good players. We spoke about them, Enzo Fernandez, Rodrigo De Paul, McAllister, Julian Alvarez. They're all good players. But what's the chances of winning it again unless they bring through that marquee player? And so I think everybody was looking at it going, oh, Jesus, we, we, we need to win this thing now. Otherwise, it, it, I'm not saying it's going to be... I'm not trying to paint a negative picture, but to win it without that kind of player in your team is going to be really, really difficult. Yeah, and Messi born the year after 1986. Maybe the baby that's going to do it all in 36 years again will be born next year. And they can wait another... I'm, I'm trying to walk this out. <laughs> <laughs> well, Messi was born in 1987. Seven. And they, they won it in 1986. Six. And who would have known that that little baby born 36 years on... So uh, we have to, we're going to have to pick a baby out <laughs> pick a next baby year out. No in Argentina. And it's your, that is you're you're going to be the one... Yeah, and then we wonder if any of them are going to be the new Emmy Martinez because there's been a lot of talk about him oh. on and off the pitch, Pablo, with his trash talking. Are you okay with it or did he go too far? No, I, I know the U. I know Emmy Martinez. He's a bit crazy, uh, like, um, <laughs> you know, most of the goalkeepers. Goalkeepers, they know no more, uh, but this guy is... Uh, He's uh, absolutely crazy, but he's a lovely, such a nice uh, guy. He's fantastic, but on the field, he's just like, uh, you know, playing mind games on the penalty shots, always talking, uh, celebrating, and then, you know, after a good save and all that. And then, yeah, his celebration was uh, a bit crazy as well, but, you know, his, his character, the way he is, he doesn't make it just... Uh, to upset people, it's just, you know, it's, 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 it's like that. It's, it's a bit funny. Some people might find it a bit, uh, I don't know, um, too crazy, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, and and he, he must be, what, what I would say is, okay, I'm, 
I'm pleased about him because he's been always really difficult to get there, to get at the top. Uh, oh, he went to England when he was really young, I think only 13 or 14 years old. Then uh, been alone everywhere, playing in League 2, uh, went to Spain, didn't play much. And, and then uh, three years ago, he got a chance uh, to play for Arsenal in FA Cup. He won it. Uh, he, he kept his place in the starting eleven. showed how good he was. And, and now World Cup champions. That is incredible. Uh, and he's been one of the main uh, players for Argentina. So uh, I love him. Well done. Well done for him. Listen, he's just won a World Cup. Okay, he's, it's a little outlandish, but if that's if you're really worried about him using some rhetoric or doing whatever, you really need to get a life. You really need to. You know, these things happen sometimes. It's not ideal, but, you know, he's enjoying himself. He's never believed he'd have been there in the first place a couple of years ago and got this big move to Villa that uh, Pablo just mentioned off the back of being second choice. And he's excelled, and now he's excelling for his country, and he, he's, he's saved these penalties, he's played great, and, and yeah, he's a character. I mean, people would, people would not understand when ex-players and players talk about the goalkeeping breeds, when we say they're different, and people on the outside that say, but what do you mean, how come they're different? And you just got, you, they just are. You, you turn up to training every day, never mind the games, and you watch these goalkeepers, and they are just, most of them, they're just nuts. They're just different. And they are usually the butt of jokes at the football club. And they do stuff that other people won't do. And, and there's another example. I mean, our goalkeeper here, Shaka Hislop, he's one of the most sane goalkeepers I think <laughs> I've ever come across. He's got his traits as a goalkeeper. But most of them, when you're at a football club, the goalkeepers are over there doing their own thing because they're a different breed. And there's no doubt uh, Emmy Martinez is certainly a bit of a character. A bit of a different breed. You know, we've had all this talk, Pablo, about Argentina, but what uh, about the game? How was it for you? What did you make of it, that final? Uh, it was uh, incredible. Full of uh, goals, drama, actions... Brilliant, brilliant. Both teams. I think uh, Argentina probably were a better team in 90 minutes or 120 minutes. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, two great goals uh, from Mbappé. Uh, then extra time, Messi score 3-2, then Mbappé equalised. I mean, incredible. I, I was like, to be honest, I, I retired nearly three years ago. And I was always been okay uh, in terms of watching football and just holding my, my emotions and all that. But believe me, in that game, it was so many up and downs. Like, uh, I couldn't believe it. When they scored a second goal, I thought, oh, no. You know, now our chances maybe gone in extra time because they kept the momentum going in, 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 in the extra time and all that. They, they were pushing really hard and... And, and then Messi scored 3-2, and I thought that the game now is done, then the penalty. You know, it's just uh, a great final, uh, one of the greatest World Cup finals. And uh, as a neutral, as an Argentinian, as a French, uh, incredible, uh, you know, for Mbappé, a hat-trick, and, and he couldn't uh, win the World Cup. But we just need to say thank you to all of them because they gave us uh, uh, such a great game. I really enjoy it. But when Otamendi made that mistake, when Otamendi got caught out, you, you were like, oh, God, that's, that's going to be... And then you thought, OK, 2-1. But then it just ended up being carnage. But I, I tell you, obviously Pablo's played and seen a lot more of Argentina than me. And Argentina won the Copa America, was it last year? Or yeah, whatever, 21. Whatever it was. Yeah. And the, the, COVID, uh, the COVID era. But I tell you what, Pablo, I know there's been a lot of good Argentinian performances over the years uh, but when you take into account how young some of the players were when you take into account they're playing the world champions in France it's a, it's a, a final of a world cup has there been a better in recent memory has there been a better 45 minutes than what we saw from Argentina in the first half yes yes they, they've been incredible uh, I agree with that Gray. um Especially uh, Di Maria on that left-hand side. Uh, you know, he, he's been injured before the World Cup and he missed the, 
the three games from the knockout stage, only nine minutes in one of the games, and everyone thought he would be uh, fit to play that game. It would be uh, good to play him from the start or maybe to bring him uh, on in the second half and maybe he can make an impact into, into the game. But he's just been brilliant. Uh, it, it was a shame that then probably after 60 minutes he was tired and I know that came off and then... Uh, we lost uh, an important player on the floor and, and, and I think uh, the performance not been uh, as good as in the first half because uh, obviously Di Maria has been a key player for that team. But, uh, but then uh, Enzo Fernandez, McAllister, all of them just playing a World Cup final at the age of 21, just playing Kami, passing the ball around with huge personality. The champ just made a, 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 a substitution before a half time because he... He couldn't get the ball and, and he's been outplayed by Argentina. So, uh, yeah, I think they've been brilliant. It was one of the best games I have seen from Argentina in the last two years, for sure. So There's going to be more talk about this and players who stood out in that final on the latest edition of Extra Time. Pablo is joining us along with Don Hutchison and obviously Craig Burley. You can always keep up to date with it by subscribing to our YouTube page. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Manchester United are through to the Carabao Cup quarter-finals thanks to a 2-0 win over Vincent Kompany's Burnley. Christian Eriksen scored the opener. Marcus Rashford scored a wonderful second goal to double the lead. Burnley had some big chances but couldn't convert and Eric Ten Hag's men march on. Pitch side for us on the night was Alexis Nunes and Nader Manua and also watching it was Don Hutchison. We welcome them all in now. I'll start with you guys, Alexis and Nader. Who stood out the most tonight? Oh, it had to be Marcus Rashford. I suppose for all the good reasons, Marcus Rashford had a great game. We could argue Dubravka, but for all the wrong reasons, I'm <laughs> yes, sure we'll get true. to that in a bit. But Rashi, definitely, with that goal, that solo goal, yeah, stunning. I so. Yeah, I think so. I think he was one of their most dynamic players. And with that goal itself, obviously, it came from a turnover you know, for Burnley. And the defending wasn't necessarily perfect. But it's the fact he wants to be on the front foot. He wants to try and finish different player now. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's, it's good to see, you know, somebody obviously, you know, I don't love Man United as such, but I do see, sure. I do like him as a player and as a person. He's a Mancunian, you said. Exactly. That's what he said. That's when he what scored, said. he said, I'll clap because he's a Mancunian. I didn't clap, but he's a Mancunian. You mentally clapped, though. I did, yeah. But in fairness, <laughs> he was very much on the front foot. Though he was making some good runs, and I think sometimes he wasn't being played in the way that he should have been. But the fact is, he was on the front foot, and he gave the crowd a sense of excitement when he had the ball at his feet. Yeah. You know, he's good running with the ball, running without the ball. And he wants to shoot, he wants to score. And I think for United, between now and the end of the season, if he continues in his vein of form, then, you know, they'll, they'll have a serious chance at sort of achieving something. Yeah, I think we're definitely going to go with Rashford tonight, Kay. 
Yeah, understandably so as well. A bit of an ovation, it seemed, when he came off the pitch. Don, it looks like he's sticking around a little longer at Manchester United. Would that be the right decision for all parties? 100%. I think, as the guys have said, I think you're looking at a, a player now, Marcus Rashford, where he's enjoying his football. You can see it in his eyes. You can see the smile on his face. He's loving life being a footballer again. He's got a new lease of life. He was really good tonight. Um, it was a good workout for them. I've seen two games, Kate, in the last 48 hours. I was at MK Dons last night watching Leicester. Uh, Leicester were really good. Different level of opposition. They won 3-0. Could have been 6 or 7. So trying to gauge where players and teams are at after the World Cup is going to be difficult. But Man United looked rusty, I thought, early on. Burnley dominated possession. They're flying high, sitting top of the championship. So they, they're a good football inside and a Vincent company. And they give Man United a good test. And all of a sudden, Man U got into their stride, I think, after about half an hour. And then, in the end, class told. Ericsson was really good. Uh, Bruno Fernandes, at times, a little bit sloppy, as he normally is, giving a lot of balls away. But they were just too strong. When you look at that front line, Garnacho played quite well. He was in and out of the game. But... They were just too good of an opposition tonight, Man United. They were just a little bit better than Burnley, but credit Burnley for what they're trying to do. But the, the calibre of, of player for Man United were too strong for Burnley. Were you impressed with United tonight, Craig? Uh, not really. <laughs> I mean, they got the job done, which is exactly what they needed to do. Uh, it's never easy, you know, coming back, Casemiro at the back. We didn't know if it would be McTominay, but, you know... Maguire's not available for not quite sure why we think it might be illness. Raphael Varane, we talked about him during the live game earlier today. He he needs a rest because he was absolutely out on his feet at the end of that World Cup final. So I don't know how long uh, he'll be out. But, you know, United did what they had to do. Burnley, as the guys have mentioned, leading the championship. Trying to play a new style, or getting away from the Sean Dyche era. It's working for them in the Championship. They took a few chances, with a few slack passes early on. They got an injury to Young Benson, their winger, who's in from, from the Belgian League. Quite a few loan signings. Lots to look forward to for Vincent Company's men. But I think United were just, even with their changed team, were just a little bit too strong. And go back to the conversation about Rashford. I'm just super excited to see that guy looking as if he's enjoying his football again. He did so for England. And when Marcus Rashford's enjoying his football, it means he's confident, he's running at people. And one of the things, there's not many better at when he's in a wide area and you think the angle's against him. Hitting that low ball across the goalkeeper that usually has a bit of dip in it. We saw that for the goal. And yeah, I, I think continues to give Eric Ten Hag a lot of positives for, for the season ahead because it is going to be a big push for United to get in the top four. You know, there's a big fight up there with Newcastle, uh, Tottenham, who knows what's going to happen at Chelsea, Liverpool. All these teams are going to be fighting for that top four if we think it's Arsenal and Man City that are going to fight out for the title. And United are going to need a big squad and Rashford is going to be a big player for them. What's the feeling around the stadium, Alexis, right now? Because obviously there's a lot going on outside at Manchester United. There was talk of planned protests today, but we know that they can be a lot more excited about what Eric Ten Hag's done so far. What's the feeling from the fans? Yeah, you know, okay. of course, everyone was trying to, to see exactly what kind of performance Manchester United was going to put on, especially this being the first uh, match after the post-Cristiano Ronaldo era. And I think that that Cristiano Ronaldo interview is still kind of being talked about, but now everyone's just looking to move on. A lot of people still, and fans still do feel uh, hard done by it in the way in which he kind of went after it, did that interview, mm -hmm. what he said, especially about Eric Ten Hag, who actually is very, very much respected in what he's trying to do with his Manchester United team, isn't he? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I think you can get a feeling from the fans that, you know, they do believe in their manager. Yeah. And it's been a little while since they sort of had that, but it definitely is there now. And in terms of what else the fans think, as somebody who played for Man City, you know, I've kept my head down today. I've tried to ask a few, <laughs> as few questions as possible. Nato's been I just want to get trembling inside Old Trafford, let me tell you. But it was a good, it was a good atmosphere, though. And, you know, the fans, they were there. They were singing. They turned out. It was cold. The game wasn't necessarily the best, but they stayed. They stayed to the end. They showed support for their side. They clapped them off. And they understand, you know, they understand the nature of this game after a World Cup. They understand the changes that are, that have happened and are going to be happening. Mm. 
and you know overall it was a positive atmosphere and then a bit there've been times where you see in that stadium it kind of get very hostile but yeah. it certainly was not that today it wasn't a hostile environment today. no not not at all the burnley fans were giving it some and you know <laughs> that, that's the way it's going to be but i think for united it looks like things are heading in the right direction however long that will last i don't know but for now it seems like uh, this part of manchester is uh, definitely feeling positive you are actually more positive about this fixture in terms of manchester united uh, going into this one than even i was and i know it's still early i know this is just a match back but as we were saying the belief around eric ten hag and the belief that I f- the fans think that he's a very tactically adept manager which is something that they criticize probably with ole that he didn't quite have it ragnick probably just in terms of the future he wasn't going to be there long enough to be a tactical genius which the club feels like they need so from what we've seen and what we've seen ten hag do could top four still be united side yeah i think when you listen to what craig was saying about the people who they're in competition with at this moment in time you know you're talking about newcastle side who haven't been there for a very long time now and for as much as they are playing well there's not a guarantee that they're going to know exactly how to get into that top four position come the end of it and then you mentioned the likes of Spurs you mentioned the, mentioned the likes of Chelsea mm. and they're not necessarily in a position where you can fully trust them as well yeah. so for United you know it's not a case of can they win the league as such because you, you really doubt they're going to do that but can they get enough points to finish in the top four I think, I think they can and I think if they continue in this sort of vein where the belief is there and it's going to be tough for teams to come here and get points like why would you not why would you bet against them as such obviously as well you know united they can sort of let things get out of hand a little don't bit don't we know <laughs> but for now i like i bizarrely picked them to finish top four start of the season looked like the worst idea ever for the first Are you three sticking weeks with it? well it's, it's down on paper so i'm just gonna have to commit to it and yeah even though i don't necessarily be- i want it to happen i think i believe it will happen <laughs> <laughs> wow look at that nato being quite positive who, over here on the red side Gross, of manchester yeah. k now k sticking uh, with this alexis yeah i'm gonna let you off because you called him Rashi earlier. I'm going to let you off. Rashi. From the Rashi. If you gaze, if you gaze into... That's my if boy, you, Craig. That's my boy. We're you, familiar. If you, if you gaze into Nedham's <laughs> eyes, it looks that you've got my hat on again. It looks that you've got my hat on again. <laughs> The burr. Wow. The burr. You know, I thought that exactly when I put it on yeah. today. And I said, you know, it's not often that everybody makes Craig feel the love. So, Craig, you know, I always have you right go, here. Listen, go on. Just go the whole hog and get my name printed on it. Just go. The, listen, can I say something else here? And I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to I'm bang on about this to our producers if it ever comes up. Not that it'll do anything that'll fall in deaf ears. Can we put this Ronaldo thing to bed as soon as possible? You just brought him up. Yeah, but because we keep sort of we keep bashing back there as if it's a big story it was dealt with as clean as it could Mm -hmm. it was a bit of a shambles from his side and that's been nice he came out of it looking terrible he is still searching for a club which I'm sure will be a story that we'll cover when it eventually happens but the Man United angle of it is a non-story as everybody has said tonight Eric Ten Hag dealt with them when he was there in a correct manner Eric Ten Hag has come out of this looking strong. And guess what? Manchester United do not need Cristiano Ronaldo. It was clean. It's done. The only one that's not moved on is the player himself. Because he's searching for a club. Man United are moving on. They've got younger players. They've got players that are in form. We've just seen Rashford. We've got players coming back. And they've got a manager who I think finally, and we talked about this, that the rest of the dressing room are going to look around that and go, right, He's making the decisions. If I screw up, I'm out. It's as simple as that. Ronaldo, in terms of the Man United story, that's gone. And it was only ever going to go in one direction. Well, given that you've brought him back up, and sorry to make you wait a minute, Don, because I do have a question for you, but I do want to go back to Alexis. So there's no feeling that they will end up regretting the decision to let Cristiano Ronaldo go. Just told you. Oh, Done you it did again. it. Don, I've just... I just, just explained to you, Don. Don, Don I may as well talk to the camera over here. <laughs> Do you know what, Kate? For the most part, no, I've got like a lot of uh, mates, you know, with the Stretford Paradox, which is one of the uh, official supporters clubs. And, and once Cristiano did that interview, even I myself was quite surprised as to how quickly they were willing to burn their bridges. I had to almost remind them, this is Cristiano Ronaldo we're talking about. 
I personally didn't doubt his love for the club. We know he still cares about it. He was talking about a certain standard that fell off, and we all know the story by now. But for the most part, they seemed quick and happy to move on because they said, look, it's as Sir Alex kept reminding everyone back in the good old days, no player is bigger than the club. No, no player is bigger than the club. You know, that's that's the United mantra has been for a very, very long time. And, you know, they, they did move on. And you say he loves the club. No one really knows that he loves the club. He knows that's the talk like he loves, he loves the club. It was his first home away from home. Yeah, Prince that's Alex a long time ago. That's follow. a long time ago. It's a long time ago. But one thing I would say in regards to that, it's very easy to cut ties with somebody who wasn't performing at the best anyway. Yeah. If Ronaldo would have scored 10, 15 goals so far this season, then maybe there would have been sort of a different issue. But for them, they understand now they see his flaws and he's a 37, 38-year-old who wasn't in the best of form. Mm -hmm. So for as much as his legacy is there and he's been one of the best players to ever play the game, when that interview comes out, it's a lot easier to say, OK, well, enough's enough. Because at the end of the day, they don't probably feel as big as an asset, as big of an asset as maybe he once was. Yeah, okay, I think that's the story here. Craig's definitely right. Everybody's very much ready to close this chapter on Cristiano Ronaldo the, at Man United. I, I, I bloody hope so. I wish they hadn't brought it up. It's fueled the fire. Don, don't you dare talk about Cristiano Ronaldo now when I ask you the next question, all right? He's no, gone. My lips are sealed. No, all right, what are, your, what are your I'm expectations afraid. for oh. Manchester United for the second half of the season? Without Ronaldo. Without Ronaldo. Well, it's hard, Kay, because you say second half of the season, and you're right in saying that, because that's, that's what we think in our mind's eye, second half of the season. We've only played 14 games. In our mind's eye, it's like we're halfway through the season. We're nowhere near halfway through the season. So, to be honest, I've got, I've got no idea, because this is unprecedented, how you have a Winter World Cup, and then you try to get back up and running... Um, in Boxing Day when, you know, I covered Leicester last night and, you know, just go on to their form. They were one of the form sides in the country. They were six games unbeaten, five clean sheets. The only game that they lost, sorry, one lost and six, the only game that they lost was against Man City. They play Newcastle on Boxing Day. If Newcastle beat them, Newcastle can go second. So I'm not writing Newcastle at the equation either. So Liverpool need to get going. Chelsea need to get going for sure. They're down in eighth. But it's a massive battle from here on in um, on who's going to be match fit, who's going to have the rhythm, which players have been rested like Erlen Haaland. We, will he come back super sharp being rested? Will he be a little bit rusty? Does he bang the goals in or does he miss a few? Uh, Mo Salah, the same. Thiago, the list goes on and on and on. So it's going to be very fascinating to see which players from now on in actually hit the ground running in the first couple of weeks when we're back. The good news is, is there's a lot more talk about Cristiano Ronaldo over on our YouTube page. You reckon? Sure to head on over there. It's a fine. Always. Always. It's a, it's a fine. fine. <laughs> you don't talk about, if you talk about Messi, it's okay. Well, there about... he is. Should Cristiano Ronaldo be worried about his future? Maybe. There's one for you to check out over on our YouTube page. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Big game tomorrow between Manchester City and Liverpool in the fourth round of the Carabao Cup. You can check the guys out talking about this game tomorrow. And before it, Pep Guardiola spoke about it. I had the feeling that the players were in the World Cup. They are in better condition than the players that were here. That's for sure. So Sergio, Erling, Riyad, uh, Cole, they are a little bit, the rhythm, they miss a little bit, comparing that, for example, Manu, Akanji, and Rodri, and Aime, and Nathan, they came back, they, we saw them so good, perfectly, that's normal. So they compete, they train every day, 
and we had holidays. So, but that's why tomorrow is important for the you know from keep the rhythm and for the players who are not in the World Cup to gain the rhythm. Pablo Zabaleta is back with us with his Man City shirt behind him there. So there's uh, no doubt to who he is going for tomorrow. But does Pep have a point there, Pablo, about getting that rhythm back? It's a tough one to do, isn't it? Straight up against Liverpool. Absolutely. Always Anfield uh, is a tough uh, place. Yeah, the game is in Anfield, isn't it? Or at the Etihad? The game's at the Etihad. Etihad. Ah, right. At the Well... Uh, I mean, um, it's always, uh, you know, the intensity of uh, Liverpool and the rhythm and all that. But I think uh, Pep probably got a point about, uh, you know, the players that uh, they, they, they've been probably on holidays, 10 days. They give them two, or two, two weeks break, then went to uh, Dubai or Abu Dhabi for a training camp. And then you have to come back to England to the call and just refocus again and, and, and get that rhythm back. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's difficult. Of course, it's something that is new for everybody, for coaches, for players that have not been in the World Cup, and for for those players that have been playing in the World Cup, is of course it's different because they choose kept training every day, competing, playing games, and then mentally they're in a different uh, situation. And, and and let's see. Probably for some player, it will take a few more days to get back to their best and to build their, their fitness and all that. But hopefully. Uh, you know, we can see a, a good game from Man City. We know that it's not probably the, the competition that, or the main competition for them. But of course, they will try probably Pep to, to make the strongest squad for tomorrow game against Liverpool, which is always an important game for them. Players miss their fish and chips. <laughs> Did you ever have fish and chips in Manchester? Pablo, we must have done. <laughs> uh, yes, I know one in Disbury. Foster, yeah, I used to, I used to go there a lot. See, I don't know yeah. if you're still there. Oh, I used to go there a lot. Look. Absolute classic fish and chips. See, people say fish and chips. Manchester City players played a lot more minutes than Liverpool players in the World Cup, and everybody's oh, thinking I see that how these. You've, these you've re- quickly swung that round <laughs> from the fish and chips conversation. Yes, I know. We can return to fish and chips another time. Look at this. This is most minutes in the World Cup. Manchester City way up top there. Liverpool down honest, at the bottom. I have more interest in how much fish and chips have been consumed. And the did. Sudbury Fish and Chip Shop, whatever it's called. And do they have mushy peas on the side? And the full, the full lot. But yeah, so the, I mean... The, yeah, the sentiment, Craig, is that, oh, but they've had some players rested, but Pep Guardiola's saying the opposite there, that actually they need to gain a rhythm, those players who haven't been playing in this World Cup as well. Yeah, no, and then he, he's right. And I think when you look at uh, Kevin De Bruyne, was out in the group stages, so had some kept his fitness going, but then had a rest through Belgium's woes. Joao Cancelo played, even though Portugal went... Uh, to the quarters, I think it was. He was dropped, I think, the, f- the last two games. Uh, Guerrero came in from, from, uh, from Dortmund. So he had a bit of a rest after the group stages. Fantastic player, obviously, and a big key for what uh, Man City do. Yeah, Kyle Walker had some game time out there and got some fitness. He actually needed some fitness, some, some fitness work because he'd had injuries coming in to the competition. So I, I, I can see it from, from both sides. And of course, Julian Alvarez, we keep talking about him, he's, he's going to be getting time off because of, he, he's just won the World Cup. But you've had Erling Haaland who's been sitting twiddling his thumbs. Uh, he'll be lacking some obviously match fitness or have played some friendlies so yeah I mean it seems to me that actually we have a very happy Manchester City manager I wonder if the Liverpool manager is going to be in the same kind of mood oh, very I, I much know. looking forward to seeing what happens tomorrow and he will no doubt be hearing from both of those managers as well some news from La Liga is that Isco has had his contract terminated by Sevilla it's a mutual agreement between the two parties after less than five months of him coming to the club I think it's one goal in 19 appearances yes um, so it's obviously been not a good time for Sevilla either but but this is a club that he joined Pablo to try and reignite his career and it just hasn't worked out. Yes, I know. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a shame, really, because um, I, I think Isco has been probably uh, three, four years ago one of the greatest uh, players, technically very gifted, uh, one of the best dribblers in the league, in La Liga. 
Um, I, I don't know. I probably have a, a few uh, questions about him, about his uh, regarding about his form or desire, uh, fitness. I don't know because uh, everyone thought that when he went to Seville, he will be one of the best players, and 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 it did work out. I don't know. Uh, he, he have some problems now with with the sporting director, and then probably with the new manager, and he's looking to go to a, di- a different club and try to get his best form uh, back and and, and 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 feel happy again. But it's a shame, really, because I I, I think he's he's a really good player, really. 30 years old as well. More talk from La Liga as well, well, kind of coming out of La Liga as well, is Mateus Cunha going to Wolves in what would be hopefully a loan with an obligation at the end of it to buy. For a lot of money, though, we know Wolves are struggling. 50 million is the price that's being talked about. Yes, obviously, when you're a team that's struggling too. What kind of player would Wolves be getting there in Cunha, Pablo? Well, he's a good player. I mean... uh, when he was Atletico Madrid, of course, there, there was competition there with João Felix, Griezmann, uh, so many players that uh, probably he's looking to, to go somewhere to have more game time. I know that could be a, a key player for Wolverhampton, which is uh, a club at the moment struggling at a, bit, a little bit, bottom at the table, uh, looking for a good striker to bring goals and, and make the difference from them up top. So uh, hopefully he does well. I mean... It's incredible this day how uh, uh, an English club, which is uh, bottom of the table, can pay a 50 million for a player who didn't play much for Atletico Madrid this season. <laughs> uh, transfer fees this day are in- ridiculous, really. But I understand that for Wolverhampton, they need to, to find a, a top striker. Uh, he's 23. I mean, uh, a player with good potential. So maybe he could be a, a good signing for them. 50 million for You throw an angle, angle career and, and, and Alvaro Morata there as well and he's not going to get much game time. But yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, the transfer market is just bonkers. But one of the reasons is, I mean, it might be a 40 or 50 million layout, but the cost of relegation is, even with the parachute payments, is still going to be... Uh, incredible what the amount of money they could lose particularly when if you have people in long term contracts on big salaries you take those salaries with you unless you have clauses written into contracts that salary uh, there is a salary reduction and relegation and to my knowledge I remember we had that at one of the clubs I was at in the Premier League that there was a, a reduction for, for relegation that is an incentive to stay up whether that still happens now and the players would go for that, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, he's a player who, he's got a physical presence, he can play anywhere across the front line. Don't forget they signed Diego Costa uh, last summer as well, a player who really hasn't played much, and that was a real throw of the dice, which hasn't worked. And so they need, Lopetegui knows he needs to find somebody that's going to deliver him enough goals to get out of this bottom three. Is he the man to do it? I, I just don't know. But... You know, you're taking the modern game is now you're taking a fifty million pound gamble, and that's just the way of the world. Yeah, well, time will tell as the Premier League will be returning to action, and we'll see if this all goes through. La Liga's upcoming schedule, however, will be back on ESPN Plus from December 29th through to December 31st. You can see Barcelona against Pablo's Espanyol, a nice Catalan derby to welcome you back to Spanish top-flight football. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. 
For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Extra time next. See you there. And welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. We have Craig, Don, and Pablo here. Pablo, all smug and World Cup winning, happy. We'll let him have it now. We'll let him have it. Uh, let's get your questions then. Understandably, the first one is for you, Pablo. It says, first, I'm sorry for inadvertently calling you a cheese a few days ago when I accidentally typed provoletta instead of zabaletta. My bad. <laughs> Question. How did you celebrate the win? I remember that win? one. That was when I was in Qatar, yes. Yeah, I remember yes, too. Yes, I remember that one. Okay, I have to apologize. Thank you. No worries. Yeah, that that confused fine. everybody. It confused everybody. Because it's provoleta and provolone. <laughs> yeah, we were like, that's, what? The, that's the Spanish for provolone. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, so that's why I was Provoleta like, is a Spanish. And then I thought, is there a nickname about Pablo that I don't know about? Or Probably. is it actually an insult in Argentine that I don't know about? And I just didn't know what to do. So anyway, Jogotaka says sorry. So there you go, apology accepted. Okay, but he also goes on to ask you, Provoleta, how did you celebrate the win? Were you out on the streets? Were you jealous of Aguero who got to celebrate on the pitch? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I was so jealous about Sergio Aguero. I don't know. Um, he was celebrating like he scored a hat-trick in that game. Incredible. Um, but I didn't have the chance to, to go down and, and be on the pitch. Would have been amazing to, to see some of the lads, but unfortunately my flight was uh, four o'clock in the morning, so I just went back straight to the to the hotel, and uh, and I took a taxi to, to the airport. So uh, I, I didn't really have so much time for celebration. A couple of beers in the hotel with some of the fans, and that was it. Yeah. Man of the people. Man of the people. Salt Bay was on the pitch. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> well, Don, yeah, I'll give your thoughts on yes. Salt Bay. But, Don, I've not actually spoken to you. We haven't spoken to you since Argentina won the World Cup. What did you make of I it? Know. Pablo's never going to be this busy in his life. He is going to be raking it in for the next four years. <laughs> Everyone's going to be wanting to talk to him. <laughs> Get ready for the cash, Pablo. Well done, mate. It was incredible, Kay. It, the the World know, Cup was I incredible. <laughs> it was. It was just a, it's just a brilliant watch. I thought... I thought everyone played their part. I thought the football was amazing. Um, you get to see from back home. I would love to be in there. Bucket list for me being on side of World Cup. You get to see it from your TV, the culture, the fans, you know, right from Morocco to the Senegalese fans to the Argentina fans. They all played their part. It made like a fantastic World Cup. And the story was just written for Messi, wasn't it? I mean, it was, we were chatting before to Pablo after, after the first game against Saudi Arabia when Argentina lost I thought there's no chance not even a 1% chance Argentina are going to win the World Cup and all of a sudden fast forward you know 30 odd days later and Argentina and Messi gets his World Cup I mean congratulations brilliant I don't think with there's many countries where you'd see a, a, a response like that I mean you'd see people out but by and the numbers in a lot of countries but may not probably to that that level that was incredible. Wow. I mean, just think about it if you're an Argentinian player. You look at Frank LeBeouf. Frank LeBeouf has been dining out on his World Cup since 1998, <laughs> and he's still dining out. You think about it. Christian Romero, uh, Tagliafico, <laughs> all these guys, you know, they're just going to be dining out in this. And you know what? They have Pablo to thank because he never gave a prediction. No, so he never he jinxed refused. it. It's because no. of you, Pablo, uh, that Argentina won the World Cup. Hey, you see, you see, uh, never, never before any important <laughs> game, no prediction, suspicion, always. There you always. go. Craig, <laughs> if fortunes changed and Scotland won the World Cup while you were playing, how long would it take for you to go back to your club? Oh, quite a while. Well, it took long enough anyway after an international game to get back. Oh, my God, I don't know. I don't know what we... You, I don't know. Because I, I, I know what it was like after, you know, we were playing the FA Cup finals and I know what it was like after, you know, we won the league at Celtic for the first time in 10 years. I know what the celebrations were like then. So God knows what it would have been like if you're playing for a country that wins the World Cup. Uh but we're Scottish. Think about all those great players, Don, that Scotland have had It'll over happen, the years. It'll happen, Craig. 
It'll happen, man. Come on, positive. It'll happen. Graham Souness and Kenny Dalglish and Alan Hansen and all these Craig, brilliant scripts. Craig, one of my twins, one of my twins, Dougie, who's six, he wants <laughs> to play for Scotland at a World Cup. He wants to play for PSG and Scotland. He's going to take this air, mate. Tell him, Dougie. Tell Dougie, Dougie. Blame Dougie. <laughs> 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 Can you imagine? Well, it doesn't take well, much for the, does it. it doesn't take much for the Scots to go out and have a few beers anyway. So, can you imagine? Uh, but, well, Dougie won't be having a few beers right now, though, will he? Um, not yet. No, we'll well, stay we'd, off them. We'd like to think not. Two years to go for that. Pablo, besides Messi and Emmy Martinez, who do you think was the most standout player for Argentina, and which player surprised you the most? Um, good question. I think um, uh, Julian Alvarez has been uh, outstanding. Uh, he didn't start for Argentina at the World Cup. Uh, but then um, I think it was again Mexico's second game at the group stage. Came on in the second half. It's been really good. And I think uh, Scaloni gave him uh, uh, the trust and the confidence to, to carry on planning. He's just... Uh, uh, he's kept his place in the starting eleven for the next games, and he's been really good. A few great goals, and uh, he was working really hard off the ball. Uh, his work rate's been uh, unbelievable. So I think he's been one of them. And then uh, uh, I think uh, Enzo Fernandez was uh, the, the, the player I was more surprised about uh, how good uh, he's been in the World Cup. Only 21 years old. Uh, same, he started on the bench uh, for Argentina, but then uh, he sh- to show up and then show personality, great football, great technique. Uh, he scored a beautiful goal against Mexico. I mean, uh, Alexi McAllister, I think three of them, I would say, because 21, 22 years old, World Cup, uh, one of the biggest event in football, and they... Uh, They've they shown really, really good uh, football. So uh, I would say these three players I was very impressed with. Those three were excellent, but I tell you as well, uh, as he found his fitness again, we saw the best of Rodrigo de Paul, yeah. who struggled a little bit earlier, and he yeah. really looked as if he was his old self. And up until his mistake, Otamendi, uh, up until the mistake, uh, but I thought Romero as well. Romero's decision-making at times, some of the times when he just stepped out at the right times and I thought Romero was excellent, look they all I always said this, you know the problem was, the problem was never Lionel Messi the problem was, for him was how was everybody else going to stack up because he can't control that really, he can't control how the keeper plays, he can't control all these other things and these players played in the game of their life played the game of the life and, and Pablo mentioned the young Enzo Fernandez, 21 years old playing the World Cup final good grief he used to get nervous playing in the reserves at 21 he was playing the World Cup final I mean they all stepped up it's amazing Don what's the biggest difference you've noticed about Manchester United since Eric Ten Hag became the manager I think the biggest difference is they finally got a boss that's got the control of the dressing room Um, the fans certainly believe in what Eric Ten Hag is saying he's been ruthless in one or two decisions he picked fights early on with some big players he eventually won the the biggest matchup of all against Ronaldo and he forced him out the door Uh, Ronaldo wanted to leave on his terms because he knew Eric Ten Hag was the boss so I think for everyone now and I bring Jaden Sancho into that conversation because he's the next one that I think Eric Ten Hag's got to get going because he's not training with the first team he didn't play any part tonight in the game against Burnley. He's away training on his own because he's not mentally and physically fit. So Ten Hag as a manager seems to me like an old-school manager where, okay, he's in charge. And if you don't follow his line and you don't toe the line, he'll have you out the door. He's proved that with Ronaldo. So that can only be good for a dressing room. Stamp the authority, Eric Ten Hag. If I didn't know better, I'd say Don was watching our ESPN Plus show earlier uh, on Man United because that's what we're talking about. But but, but he wasn't because he's not in the US. Uh, and I think I think that was the thing we talked about. It was like every player now knows who's making the decisions. He's been backed. He was backed when he left Ronaldo out of the team. He was backed when he threw a tantrum uh, going down the touchline. And he was backed when he gave that interview 
to Piers Morgan, which have ultimately filled his set, but uh, filled his. What did I say there? Sealed. It's all right. I've said three. Sealed his fate, and then he went to his owners and went, "Listen, I can't have him at the club." And they said, "Right, we need to deal with this. Simple." I thought it might just be a little term that I didn't know. I was like, "Oh, what's that?" Sealed his fate. Field is safe. a long day. Or as Ray Stubbs, or as the great Ray Stubbs from BBC One said to me when I said to him, It's been a long day, Ray. And he says, Every day working with you is a long day, Craig. So there was no comeback to that. I won't See, say Pablo, Pablo switched off now. He's just counting the cash. He's just thinking, I've got a show tomorrow. I've got a show the day after. <laughs> well, you've got a question here, no, Pablo. I need a rest. I need a rest. The, the four weeks at the World Cup has been incredible. I need a rest. I need to get my kids and just go four, six days uh, away. I will do that. Then we'll come back and we'll continue working. Absolutely. <laughs> How are you as a golfer, Pablo? With the golf. Did you just say you're going you're gonna to no, play golf again? You said, no, you said you were going to some coast. Ah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, some coast. No, away from home. No, no, I'm not. I don't play golf. No, 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 no. Sorry. No, okay. no. I just, uh, I, I, I'm not good at this. No. All right. That's the one thing that Argentinians can't do. All right, Angel Cabrera, we won't talk about him. (laughs) He's having a few problems at the moment. Uh, Won the Masters. It's too expensive, Grace. That's too expensive for our country to play golf. Uh, No, no, we cannot afford to play golf. You're cashing in on all your appearances now. Football, it's football, it's not golf. Hang on, aren't they they polo champions as well or something, Argentina? Don't they do well at polo? Well, yeah, really good at polo, yes. Yes. Things you didn't need to know today. That's true, that's true. How did Don know that? (laughs) Don, how did you know that? I don't know, mate. It's just in the back of the brain somewhere. Polo's not my sport, not my bag. But I remember watching, I think, I'm sure the uh, the Argentinians are good at uh, the polo, I think. No, there you go. Well, yeah, it you're right They're on, good yes. at partying, that's for sure. Well, they are at the moment. Maybe a little bit too good. Go on, scrub that question. All right. Haaland just watched his greatest rival score a hat-trick in the World Cup final. He's been resting and kicking the ball around with Kevin De Bruyne. Guaranteed goals against Liverpool tomorrow. Well, Kevin De Bruyne wasn't resting. Although he wasn't playing particularly well. But I think they, uh, not by his standards anyway. But I think the whole Belgium thing was a little bit of a mess behind the scenes from from the get-go. And I don't think that helped. And I think De Bruyne, De Bruyne's performances, in my opinion, were partly down to the frustration of what he knew was around him. So hopefully from City's point of view, he's back and fresh and ready to go. I'm I'm sure he is. Actually, before the World Cup, I thought he looked a little bit tired Mm -hmm. in one or two of the games. So I'm not quite sure what the city manager's got in store for him in terms of giving him a rest because they do I mean if you need one guy you do need him is that going to be a thing now Haaland against Mbappe (laughs) that's what it sounds like right I'm sure we'll do that I'm sure we will all right FIFA want to make the World Cup every three years would you agree to make it every two years considering more countries to participate in it and give up the Euros and the Africa Cup of Nations and the Copa America etc etc Don that's the most ridiculous question I have ever heard on this show. Give up, all them, something. give up all them competitions to have a World Cup every two years? No, you can't. It would be disrespectful to the African Cup of Nations for sure. The Euros has got its own place. Just leave it as it is. Four years works. Pablo? Yes, um, to be honest, I think the World Cup is the biggest event in football and uh, you can really see um, how the fans just uh, go in a competition like that and, and, and they all go crazy. And I think uh, I've been in uh, some of the meetings from FIFA when Arsene Wenger was just looking at uh, maybe change the schedule of the World Cup every two years and all that. And some of the points were okay, but I think... Um, uh, I think every four years now, from what I could really see in the World Cup, is is it, it's good. It's good. Maybe three years could be a, a big chance. I don't know, but uh, two years maybe too soon. Yes. It would take a bit of the sparkle off it, wouldn't it? Every two years, the World it. Cup. Uh, yeah. Look, part of the. 
part of the whole shtick around the World Cup, as Pablo said, it is the pinnacle for any player to go and play in that platform. Uh, and you're seeing that with a lot of the games as we have every four years. But the also part of it is it's you fight to get there through your whether it's common ball or European qualification or, or African or whatever or Asian uh, the Asia uh, qualification you fight to get there and when you don't you have to wait for that fight again you have to feel that and you know you can have too much of a good thing ah oh, it's ah ten months time we'll be qualified again ah oh, there's another World Cup part of it part of it is you, you, and, and what in somebody's career normally when you think about it for those guys that don't play for 20 years or you know 15 there might be two or three opportunities to go and then it's gone that's that's what makes it even more special is the fact it's it's one it's hell it's not easy to win clearly it's not also sometimes not very easy to get there see Italy who have had back to back with all those players that they've got and with their history of winning the competition you can't you can't take that away it's just too much about it's just too much I think that's the problem across the board now it's just everybody sees these things Champions League the money the TV deals all these competitions we need more I don't think it would feel as well it it, it would feel as well Kate it would feel as well all the guys that have played like Mirosav Closer and all these guys that have got all the records and the goal scoring records by playing in a World Cup every four years if it was every two years you'd be Fast forward in about four or five World Cups time and all of a sudden all them records from 10, 15, 20 years ago would just be all be smashed because there'd be a World Cup every two years. So it would feel as though the guys who played in the past who had all the records to the, to the younger viewers would just get forgotten about. It would be a shame. Yeah, so everybody's against it pretty much, yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's fair enough. All right, we're going to wrap up there. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for sending in your questions. Brother let us off to play golf. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They're the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com.